This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to a very special episode of the Off Menu Podcast, James. This is a little edited down version of a live streamed episode we did for the Unmute Podcast Festival with a very special guest indeed. Yes, very exciting. We had a really good time with our episode. It was so fantastic and our special guest was none other than David O'Doherty. David O'Doherty came in to talk about his dream meal in his dream restaurant uh, we can't wait for you to hear it. It was a really fun episode. If if you didn't see it happen live, you missed out on some stuff like our faces. Uh, some very amusing hand gestures, which won't necessarily come across on the uh, audio version of the podcast. But let me tell you, it was great. And uh, a, a front cover of a certain book as well, which we'll be talking about during the pod and uh, you'll have to imagine it with your mind, or maybe you can find it online. But we had such a good time. We did. And as always, we had a secret ingredient that if David mentioned, he would have been kicked out of the restaurant. Uh, sp- I'm not going to give any spoilers. Did he get kicked out of the restaurant? You'll have to listen to find out. And the special ingredient this week was ghost peppers. Ghost peppers. Ghost peppers. We're nearly at Halloween as we record this, uh, so we thought it was an appropriate ingredient. Ghost peppers, the, I think people say it's the hottest pepper in the world, uh, or, yeah. you know, n- nearly. Uh, I, I think it's all bravado, ghost. James. No one's eating that for flavour, are they? No, no one's eating it for flavour. Come on, it's just, a, it's just a flex to all your friends. And do you know what? I'd do it. Yeah, you do flex, don't you? You, you love the bomb. You love flexing. Yep, I've got, a, I've got a bottle of the bomb in my fridge, and my have nephews you, are obsessed with it. Have you used it? Yeah, 
Do you use it for fun, though, or are you just doing it to show off to your nephews? Uh, mainly to show off to my nephews. That's what yes. most things that I do in life are, including that's my career. True, actually. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's lovely. Um, so, uh, Ghost Peppers, if they come up on David O'Doherty's menu, then he will be out of the Dream Restaurant slash Unmute Podcast Festival stream. Hopefully he does not. So for now, this was the off-menu menu of David O'Doherty. Live on the internet for the Unmute Podcast Festival. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast. Uh, what I'm going to do, I've I've written a little intro, which is rare for me. Normally, I panic at this point, uh, and I've not written anything sort of like a food-based uh, metaphor introduction. I'm spinning out this bit as well uh, because I can't even see James. I don't know where he is. Uh, and the longer I take over this bit, um, the the funnier it will be. Although he does seem to be in danger of smothering himself at the moment, which is fairly <laughs> impressive. Okay, here we go. That's You can already hear our guest in the background there, enjoy, enjoying what's going on. Uh, so, welcome to the Off Menu Podcast, where we take the carcass of humour, the water of chat, and the herbs of friendship, and apply the heat of the internet to create flavoursome podcast stock. So I actually wrote that. I took some time over that, about three minutes. Uh, so you'll know what this podcast is. It's a food podcast. Uh, it's a chat podcast. Uh, it's hosted by myself and James A. Caster, who is a food genie who can grant all of our guests food wishes here in the Dream Restaurant. Uh, he lives in a lamp. Uh, and now he's. I'm going to rub. I'm going to rub the lamp. There you go. I'm rubbing the lamp. I'm rubbing the lamp. And here <laughs> comes. Oh, my God. Hello, it's the genie. Hello, James. Good How to are see you, mate? you, Ed. Thank you for awaking me from my slumber. Of course, no expense spared there with the genie special effects. Welcome. Yes, that was fun, wasn't it? Out of the lamp and into our lives. Uh, would you like Ooh. to explain to the listener uh, what the podcast is? Here on the Off Menu Podcast, we're going to have a special guest in the Dream Restaurant and ask them their favourite ever starter, main course, dessert, side dish, and drink. And for this special Unmute Festival podcast episode of Off Menu, our guest is David O'Doherty. David O'Doherty, very excited to have him here. Please, well, actually, James, get get back in your lamp because you need to burst yes. out on the guest. That's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Good lad. They're, oh, he's disappeared again. Please welcome to the Dream Restaurant, David O'Doherty. <laughs> lovely. Whoa! Welcome, David O'Doherty. We've been expecting you for some time. Do you, whenever you do that, uh, yes. I do imagine you're just a barista and you're doing the thing where you're firing air through the... I wonder if they imagine they are genies sometimes while they're, while they're making the coffee. They must do. Uh, we're, we're very closely related, genies and baristas. People don't know that. But we are from the same, like, mythical lore. We both come from that. Yeah. And also, genies always write uh, the person's name on the wish before they hand it over, don't they? Yeah, well, so, some, some genies are a bit too, too cocky, actually. And uh, we might write the name on the wish, but at the start, we won't ever remember um, that we won't write anything down. Where have you where uh, have you gone there, James? I, I, I realized what, were you, what that, were you what were you aiming for? Well, I was going to do a riff on waiters that don't write anything down, and then I remembered we were talking about baristas and not waiters, and then I thought, <laughs> oh no, 
Oh no, I've had a nightmare. I'm a waiter in this. I'm a genie waiter, not a. The barista's a separate thing. And yeah. well, uh, genies, I've made the mistake. The thing that genies and baristas have in common is after they've granted you wishes, a lot of the time genies imprint in the top of your head a sort of leaf pattern. <laughs> yes, we do. We move your head around as we're making the wish. Uh, got the wish for you and then send you on your way and you have to go and ask other people and go what did that genie put on my head and they're like it's a shamrock I'm like, oh okay fair enough <laughs> um, I've got um, I've got an interesting thing that I need to share with you guys yes, firstly thank do. you very much for having me and I enjoy listening to this podcast a lot and I was listening thank to you. it the other day and I don't know how so, so you know the way after usually after the the starter there's an ad break if you you if you listen back to it you guys probably don't because you were in it to begin with yes and sometimes i listen back to it but james has never heard it james doesn't know never what this podcast it. actually like no idea how it comes across um i didn't i i don't hadn't, hadn't heard the theme music until just now on this episode and let me tell you that, that theme music is a bag of shit so James, I will have I will have you know that that theme music is very, very free. Yeah, okay. Well, point point made. In Ireland, the ads are localized for Ireland. The play after each course, and I don't know if there's it's an algorithmic thing where the ad sort of knows who you are and tries to target you. But it was the most specific government warning ad I have ever heard. And it was after the starter course. Uh, I, I was listening to Ivo Graham's uh, episode. Uh-huh. And so he wanted something posh for his starter. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Liquidized poor people or whatever. And uh, <laughs> the ad was from the Irish government uh, to say uh, Christmas is coming. Please, please, please rethink buying your child a scrambler. (laughs) It was don't buy your child a quad bike or a scrambler for Christmas, which is the most specific government warning I have ever heard. Especially with everything going on. You would have thought the government had got bigger fish to fry. (laughs) Was that one of the ones that me and Ed did or or, or one by somebody else? I can't can't remember the ones that we record, but mine, if we did it, I'll be going, oh, man, Ed, I can't wait for Christmas. I'm going to buy little little Genie James Jr. a scrambler. No, James, haven't you heard? The Irish government is strongly recommending against it. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> the biggest uh, issue we've ever had with a dynamic ad, I don't think we've ever spoken about this before, but it was absolutely amazing. We'd done an ad for a farm delivery service where you could get proper farm food products delivered to your door uh and it was on an episode uh, with daisy may cooper was our guest our wonderful guest daisy may cooper and um, it was the first bit of the interview with her and then it cut to the ad and the ad opened with james going oh ed i'm just off to milk daisy <laughs> it's unfortunate it was very unfortunate. Oh, man, we got so many messages going, what the hell are you talking about? You can't say that about your guests. Yeah. Couldn't have happened to a nicer person. And I'm referring yeah. to myself. Yes. Um, well, welcome, David, to the Dream Restaurant. We're very excited uh, to have you here. What are you up to there with your hands? That, do you know what that is? It's, no. It's, I, I remember from a school trip. That's how you milk a cow. 
<laughs> you sorry the daisy thing it's just you start at yeah. the top and you need because a farmer showed us how to do it even though milk is obviously now just an evil right. thing involving robots and sad cows he led us to believe this he came out with a bucket and he did this along yeah. the the David, the nipple uh, that that farmer was a creep mate <laughs> I, I'm so, I'm sorry to I'm sorry that this is how you had to find out that you were abused, but uh, that farmer uh, was was being horrible in front of children. Was he doing it on his own dick by any chance? Uh oh, <laughs> my goodness! And this is how you milk a cow, children. Jesus Christ! I should have warned you before coming on this podcast, David. Ed is a disturbed individual. <laughs> it's a lot racier so far. Racy in terms of yeah. uh, sexy and also racism, because we've had both of those so far. So carry on. Where was the, where was the racism? Yeah, just your Irish impersonation. Oh, so both for Med. Let's be perfectly clear. Both yeah. were for Med. Yes. Yeah. I didn't realise I was doing an Irish impersonation, um, <laughs> but I can really lean into it if you want. If I, I can do the later on, I'll do the wanking Irish farmer. He'll he'll come up later on, maybe around dessert. And I'll properly put put my all into it. Something to look forward to. It is it is racier because it's live. Benito would have edited a lot of that um, that stuff out. Oh, there's no way that would have made it in. Uh, David, are you a are you a foodie? Do you like your food? Yeah, I do. Um, I definitely am repelled by a certain decadence. There's a level of decadence that I enjoy from a meal, and if you go beyond that. I don't want anything to do with it. If you try and put a napkin on my lap, you can have the napkin. I'll accept a napkin sitting on the table. But if you try and place it across me, I will just in a straight uppercut. You're going yeah. down then. So there's a middle ground of restaurant that I very much enjoy. That and a, a sad side note to that is, uh, well, two sad side notes. One so re- Dublin's on lockdown level five at the moment. So all restaurants are shut. So I'm kind of, I've over romanticized the idea of restaurants maybe a little bit in trying to think of what I'd get here. And secondly, the restaurant that defined my dream restaurant, well, obviously this is the dream restaurant, but the closest existing thing to it was a restaurant in Edinburgh called Spoon that mm. I have attended hundreds of times yeah. over the years and went out of business last week because oh, of man. the yeah, so frickin' bats. So, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, sorry. I've been to Spoon with you many times uh, and the restaurant. And um, I... <laughs> little fun, a bit of fun. A oh, little that. bit of fun. That is exactly my sort of humour. Yep, good sort of humour there. For a long time, I was convinced that one of the... I mean, I, mean, I know exactly what Ed's going to say now off the back of this, but this was legit, Ed. I was convinced that one of the waiters in Spoon hated me and I would avoid going in there because I was 100% convinced he hated my guts. Well, uh, you think that about every single place I've ever been with you. You are convinced that a member of staff hates you. That is your yes. personality. That's what you're worried about. There's no, not every, It's also a sort of arrogance because you assume that everyone's thinking about you all of the time. So it's a real, it's a real fine line to tread. I thought yes. you, so Ed hates me. I was going to mention, I, I hate you, obviously. Well, just to describe the level of decadence that Spoon is, which is the correct level of restaurant decadentness, decadentness mm. is it's chalkboardy, but not an art decoy, but not in a in a sort of a cliche mid-century type way. 
the staff are uh, friendly, but not obsequious. You know what I mean? They don't, uh, they'll ask you how your show was, mm-hmm. uh, whether you did a show or not. They just pretend that you did a show. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so we're I'm talking about d- dessert in a in a glass. That's that's mm-hmm. the vibe. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. But I hope yeah, the absolutely. thousands of people uh, watching and listening get that too. They did uh, an an excellent cooked breakfast, which was felt like a traditional cooked breakfast, but they didn't try and modernize it too much. It was like a nice version of a traditional cooked breakfast on lovely crockery. Yeah, yeah great crockery. crockery. See, I, mm. I've been for lunch and dinner with david many many times and what is weird is i can't remember a single thing you've ever ordered david i can't remember (laughs) what food you like whatsoever all i can remember from going for meals with you is that every time i've been for a meal with you if it's just me and you if there's 10 of us whoever you always have to pay for it you're very keen to pay. And this is my impression of you at the end of any meal. No, 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 please let me do this. <laughs> I mean, that certainly does. So there was a joke that I used to do for a long time, which was I would pretend that I was going to pay for a thing till the bill came over. You know what I mean? Which is like, no, seriously, you guys, I've been doing all right. And so we'll yeah we'll all just go in on that it's variation <laughs> on that uh, but because i'm slightly older than you guys i did feel a responsibility because i you know i was probably not losing thousands of pounds i stopped losing money in edinburgh and at festivals generally before you you children so maybe i did take it upon myself to um to pay for everything and particularly now when you're both millionaires and i haven't done a gig since march i i might have to stop that now <laughs> yes <laughs> we are you back now but what i always liked about it was that there was never it was never like i'll pay for this and we were like no let us pay it there'd, there'd never be you then going no 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 it's fine you go straight to no <laughs> <laughs> immediately <laughs> Still or sparkling, David? Um, great question. Uh, I think for a long time I would have... Okay, so there's three distinct eras of my water choices. Up to 30, still, still, still. 30s sparkled through my 30s. <laughs> but now I've actually gone back. I've gone back to still again. And I think it is... You know, there's a global shortage of carbon dioxide because it's, um, I think it's a byproduct of ethanol, which they're not making anymore. It just seems like future generations may look back at the sheer decadence of carbonated water. It's just like, why? It's like ham with fire in it or something. It's just, un- <laughs> now that's a bad example. That but- great. <laughs> fire ham. <laughs> yeah, fire ham, yeah. I, I just think it's something that we're, we're people aren't going to believe. It's like fi- people driving five litre cars in the 1970s in America. It, it, future generations will not believe that we squandered the resources of the planet having bullshit like fizzy water. Do, uh, do you think when, when it comes to that in like 50 years time, when like the world's a wasteland, that like sparkling water will be a currency in a way? Oh, maybe it will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it'll be um, 
And you'd, you'd be able to hear people drinking it, though, because of when they open the bottles. So there'll be, yeah. like, George Orwell-type police who just go around listening for the of the tops of the bottles then. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the sound that right. you make to get someone's attention anyway. So it, it, it kind of sounds like that. <laughs> you think, though, <laughs> if we repurpose the genie... So with that great release of energy that the genie makes when the genie comes out of the lamp, if we were yes. to plunge the lamp into just a bath of still water, maybe in arriving, the genie would carbonate that water. So that might be a way yes. we can move to a, a zero carbon, quite literally a zero carbon future. I'll be up for that. I'll, I speak on behalf of all genies. But then I suppose you end up with just a very wet genie, right? That's fine. You happy with that? Well, I, genies love to be yeah. wet. <laughs> Rub-a-dub-dub. I would love it. Rub-a-dub-dub. Also, if we're but if we're living in a world with genies and we've run out of carbon dioxide, probably a quicker way would be to wish for unlimited carbon dioxide uh, resources. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather yeah, than yeah. rather than getting the lamp every time and plunging it into still water and going right, that's enough sparkling water for a couple of years. Now, I'm not an astronomer, uh, but. And I've reason to believe that they're creeps just with the telescopes. You know what I mean? And they all <laughs> yeah. they, they all look like wrong uns. They're uh -oh. they're looking down and then they at the last minute. Well uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but I think one of the planets is all carbon dioxide atmosphere. So maybe we could send water there. We'll say Venus becomes you know, the, Sa the San Pellegrino planet. And I'm okay <laughs> with that, I guess. Yeah. If it's, so before drink it, I'd be like, is this from Venus? And then I'd be <laughs> like, well, I can drink it then. But if not, yeah, I'm not wasting. Hummus would be the other one where in my 20s, wasn't much into it. In my 30s, I got too into it. And now yeah. in my 40s, I've kind of over, overdone it now, you know? Is there a fizzy planet? I didn't know about this. Mm. I didn't know about there being a fizzy planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is a planet. I think Mars has got a CO2 heavy atmosphere. Is it? Uh, if O'Brien was here, this is exactly the sort of shit that he would know. When, when he was on it, he didn't talk about that. When he did this podcast, he just talked a lot about what's it? What's it called? Booj, uh, Booj, uh, Boojaba? Steve Boojay, the, the comedian. About, mate? You talking about Steve Bajaya? Yeah? The Irish, the Irish burrito place. Oh, um, Boojum, Boojum. There you go, Boojum. Yeah, that was all. That's very weird. I mean, I see how if you went there once and you were drunk, <laughs> you might think this is the best place ever. Uh, but it's absolutely fine. It's it's absolutely <laughs> fine. But you know, it'd be like. I'm trying to think. What's a what's a not particularly exciting chain restaurant? It'd be like clay, just because it's not. Oh, there's a there's a bit in Duff from Guns N' Roses autobiography about how much he loves Pret a Manger, <laughs> <laughs> and it it's uh, it's like they have this place. I think he thinks there's only one of it in London. <laughs> and so the re the rest of the chapter has been about just banging and whiskey. And then the next morning he wakes up and he knows this little place called pret a And he goes there and they have all these sandwiches and they've cut the sandwiches into triangles and like they have loads of drinks and great coffee. 
And that's it. You just I can I can imagine if you'd not been to a prep before and you went into a prep for the first time, it would blow your mind. Sure. Yeah, and there's a special sort of disappointment in life that comes when you see your first branch of a what turns out to be a chain. And you're like, this is a one-off. There's a, I remember it happening with a juice place near me in Dublin. And being like, whoa, they've gone to all this effort with the chalkboard and all these delicious juices. And then I noticed there were like 35 more of them around Dublin that day. Yeah. And yeah, and you feel awful depressed. about the fact you enjoyed it because you're like, oh, great. It turns out I'm just a basic consumer. That's Pop it up, absorb bread. Pop it up, absorb bread. David O'Doherty, pop it up or bread. I even know I don't even know what your water order is. I'm seeing the, the countdown here on the screen and I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I'm going tap was the water. Uh the bread is uh, a bread. I'll have bread, please. But I'm gonna have a strange middle ground of bread, which is and this is quite Irish. I want a Guinness treacle l- loaf where firstly I only want one slice of it and I don't want anyone else at the table to have it because if they've any left over, I will steal it then. And then I won't be able, literally won't be able, I'm going to have to go and take a shit before the main course, basically will be the only hope then. And I want one of those loaves where when they start to tell you the ingredients, there's at least three things in it. Where you're like, that is like, there's Baraka in this? That is <laughs> ludicrous. So, you know, salt, sugar, that sort of stuff that's somehow in a real, it's, it's almost semi flapjack. You can have it as a dessert, but I want it as my bread. But I'm not going to eat it till the starter comes. So I'm just going to stare at it. I'm going to enjoy looking at it and I'm going to wait for the starter then. So quite a heavy, you want a heavy bread that sort of packs everything into like, like you, you've basically got like 1800 calories per cubic centimetre, like that sort of heavy bread that could sustain you. Yeah. I mean, that would be the idea of it, would be you don't need anything else. You can basically live on it. But I'm then going to eat a whole lot of other, I mean, the problem with in trying to think of this meal, you do kind of think of like pre-execution last meals then in that I might die after this meal because there's so many delicious things. Mm. And who like were they to behead me, it's possible my head would fall off and then just butter would gush out of the socket <laughs> for 30 seconds. Lovely. Where's this bread from? Uh, I it's, it's definitely an Irish bread because it's a soda bread. I have tried to make it and utterly, utterly failed because I think you have to be over 80 to be able to make it properly for it not to stick to the tin. So you're not using a yeast. You're using a bread soda, a bicarbonate soda thing. And then you're just, you know, the way like the center of a black hole is just stuff that's just crushed to get. That's the that's what this bread is. Yeah. And are you, putting, are you putting butter on it as well, or is there enough stuff in there? Nope. I'm putting a heap of butter on it as well. As, as I said, there is no tomorrow. And I, am go- I haven't been to a restaurant for absolutely months. And so, yeah, I'm getting it all done. Every course will be a meal, basically. What sort of butter do you like? Is there a, like a sp- specific dairy that you want it from? Is there a specific farmer who milked the cow by any chance? <laughs> 
Um, Perhaps we'd like the... to hear from him. <laughs> no, there's no need to hear from him. No, oh, no, okay. don't need it. <laughs> Um, I want, uh, yes, I want uh, Dairy Gold is a uh, Irish butter that's exported around the world that is still a semi-state company. It's still part of our government is uh, Dairy Gold. I'll have the salt, so just a little, it's a little bit of salt, not much salt. In many ways, Ireland is the uh, mirror image of New Zealand. And so they go on and on about anchor butter. And they claim to have invented spreadable butter, stuff like that. Whereas I still think we have the superior mass market export butter. And I hope someone cuts out that last sentence of mine and has it as the trail for this podcast, because it sounds like a discussion of agricultural (laughs) projects. (laughs) Your starter, which is, I mean, we already know that you're having your bread with this starter. So I'm trying yeah. to think about what it could be. But, uh, I mean, it screams soup to me. Yeah, it is a soup, but it's unique among soups in that it's a soup that doesn't repeat. Ed, you look like you might have guessed what it is. Either that or you're going to no, do No, no, I, I was, I was just a... genuinely impressed that James guessed that you were having soup. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, I want a chowder, but I certainly don't want tomato-based New York chowder. I want uh, a proper cream chowder, che- butter, uh, m- more de- milk in it. We put yogurt in there, put a petty fillow in there. I just want a big old dairy chowder. And this is the key. I want absolute carnage. I want every time I dip the spoon in, I want new dead things to come out. And I want that to continue to the end. Like, do you remember um, earlier on the year, there was those awful forest fires in Australia. And be interested to see where this goes. Horrific total of animals that died over the court, like something like 35 billion animals died. Well, I want this soup chowder to be the equivalent of that. But instead of burning to death, they were boiled in dairy. And Oof. I feel that that's a life well lived. Is that is that too much? Well, no. I mean, you know, I'm the only person on this podcast today who's not getting cancelled so far, so that's good. You, uh, you for those comments, and Ed for what was an absolutely appallingly racist and uh, uh, it wasn't appallingly racist. I, I didn't even do the accent properly. Trust me. If I'm getting cancelled, I'm doing it later. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I want all sorts in it. Many times on this podcast, we've spoke about the best uh, seafood chowder that I ever had, which was in Belfast, in the hotel in Belfast. And uh, I had it twice in three days. I loved it so much. And then went back to the hotel the next time I was in Ireland. And they didn't... Well, the, the, there was a chowder on the menu, but they'd changed the staff in the kitchen and it was nowhere near as good. And it was heartbreaking. And I've been looking forward to that chowder the whole tour. And I already knew that I was going to have a bad gig that night because for some reason, every si- every single time I go on tour, I have the best gig of the tour in Dublin and I have the worst gig of the tour in Belfast the very next day. <laughs> uh, I'm, I apologise on behalf of the island, uh, but I think there must be, you could really cut corners with a chowder because no one's saying you've got to put in, say, the things that make it incredible, which is a little bit of smoked fish, 
some uh, shellfish, some mussels, bits and pieces. Like you could easily just, which is what happens with crab chowder, where they've, you know, they've they've taken out the salmon and replaced it with carrot. You know what I mean? Aww. And that is. Yeah, that's an absolute joke. And then I've got the brown bread as well with the butter. Mm. While I've been waiting mm. for the bread course to finish, I've just been towering butter onto it. And yeah, I'm I'm really, really enjoying it. I might even take a bit of bread, put it on the spoon and dunk it, which is... Mm. Yeah, you will. It's putting the McDonald's chips into the caramel sundae, really, isn't it? Yeah. Delicious. Now, when you say you're pulling new dead things out with every bite, um, <laughs> do you know what they're going to be? Or is this sort of a potluck chowder where there's every sort of animal in it? Because remember, I'm a genie, David. So <laughs> you want to get your wording right. You, if, you, if you've seen Aladdin and stuff, you don't just say, I want loads of dead things in milk and petty for loot. Yeah. And then go, I'm pretty sure that'll be exactly what I want when it comes back to me. <laughs> uh, no, things of the sea... Thing, yeah. You see, I struggle with being a meat eater in as much as if I thought about it for more than a minute, I would definitely become a vegetarian. So I've spent the last 15 years, every time the thought comes into my mind, just suppressing it, just listening to loud music, having a cold shower, that sort of thing. However, the animals of the sea, I mean, I give them a special pass. And by that, I mean an awful pass. And I think it's because as a child, so my granny lived on an island off the West Coast, which is where I spent lockdown one with my 82-year-old parents. And so I would fish off the rocks and you would catch a mackerel. But because I know we're going to be eating it in a few hours, I wouldn't have a problem with um, bashing its head off a rock and putting it in a bag. Whereas I would feel bad about doing that to say, Ed's farmer character or the cow that he's milking. Mm -hmm. Well, the farmer character bashes cows off a rock the whole time. <laughs> yes. He can't stop bashing off. Yeah. Yeah, I want, to, I want a, uh, a chowder like someone's dredged a canal. That's what I want. Do you, do you remember taking me to uh, the island you just mentioned, uh, David? I remember taking you there and... I really wanted it to be the greatest experience of your life. Yeah. Now, the problem was the, there was an orange weather warning, which isn't don't travel. It's seriously think about traveling. And we had a good think about traveling. And we arrived there. I remember going for a walk at one point where uh, we had to cover up all of our, because the hailstones were sharp the edges yeah. of them, so you had to cover your whole body. And even if you had a hood, like a Lord Antony hood with elastic, the uh, pins and needles, hailstones would go into the back of your eyeballs. Yeah. So we did a, a jigsaw uh, for three days. That's what I yes, remember. But I remember... Uh, we three were there, days! We were there for three days in, 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 in the little house and we did this jigsaw puzzle and we were really obsessed with jigsaw puzzle. It, it was... The extremely bad storm for the entire three days. And on the third day, I, I think, you said, I'm sorry, but, like, I, I, I can't have it that you come to Ackle and you don't see the beach. You have to see the beach. So <laughs> let's go and see the beach. 
and we got in the car and we drove to the beach in the storm and it's still really bad. And uh, we got there, we were looking out from the car and you said, we have to just walk on the beach, we have to. And we're like, well, we don't have to walk on the beach. Like, come on, we'll just go over and touch that rock. And it was, it was on the other side. And we I remember like this feeling all the weather just pushing us back as we're trying to get to the rock at the edge of the beach, all of us, and looking at the sea. I mean, to be fair, I took a photo of the sea because it looked absolutely incredible. It was quite breathtaking to be on the beach in that storm. I'm glad that I did it for that view. Yeah, I, I, I remember we tried to just pretend this was normal and my overriding image of that, uh, let's call it a holiday, even though it was a... It was like something the Navy SEALs have to do to qualify as Navy SEALs. Is my ex-girlfriend playing pool in huge motorbike gloves because the pub was so cold. That's how yeah. miserable it was. Loved it, though. Absolutely loved it. I'll never forget it. So we've got that delicious chowder full of dead things. Uh, it's like dredging a canal. There's going to yeah. be a Dead number plate thing. in there. There's, there's going to be there's going to be a shopping trolley. There's going to be some Seagull. Johnnies. It's what what an exciting culinary experience it's going to be. <laughs> little little known fact. Little known fact. Ed is one of the only people I know who still says Johnnies. I love it. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. must get onto this main course. I can't believe it's 20 minutes left. We're in big trouble for Benito. We can run over, can't we, Benito? Just text us to say we can run over. Yeah, you can run over. He's, he's actually texted 10 minutes ago to say you can run over. I thought the bugle was on next. I think it's a bit of time until the bugle's on. Uh, I, I, I go on the bugle occasionally, so it's, it's topical political stuff, but we could start pretending we were the bugle. You know what yeah. I mean? And then it would really wreck the whole festival. Like, we need to get a reputation as the bad boys of this festival. And then we start bugling. We do Blind Boy later on. Don't know what else is on. But I'm pretty sure there isn't a podcast. We could do them all. Oh, and it's also, I think, films to be buried with today as well. So we could do that, I'm sure. 
Definitely. Jaws. Um, Jaws, please. Jaws, yeah, lovely. Well done. Good. Jaws is your main course. Um, and uh, I, I can be Nish because Nish is the special guest on the bugle. So I can. Ah! Oh, there you go. That's my that, impression. That, that, of Nish. that was going to be my impression of Brett as well, though, for films to be better. All right. I'm Brett Goldstein. What what films you want to be with, mate? Oh, oh, what a film. What a, what a, what a, what a um, lovely film. I'll be um, Zaltzman then. That's it. It's just that you maintain that tone throughout. Yeah, I could do it. Very good. Well, I, li- I like that we've been told we can run over. So now what we're doing is wasting all that extra time by doing an impression of the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think we might be the bad boys of the internet. Yeah. I bet I haven't looked at Twitter, but I bet that's what people are calling us right now. What is your main course, David O'Doherty? Um, yeah. My main course is, it's a meal that I once made, okay? Oh. And I don't know how I did it. <laughs> so I'm a very uh, instinctive chef. And by that, I mean, I don't have measuring, any measuring things, but I love to have a go. So I estimate slash guesstimate things and then having watched quite a lot of cookery shows over time i've been on sunday brunch when you're with a really really good chef and they never measure anything they just know when you know you know so Uh i try and use that principle as well but the problem is i don't know so (laughs) i just i throw salt in you know what I mean? A cool amount. Like I'll just raise the thing right up the side and back down again. I'll get some leaves and I'll do that hand thing like that just to sort of mush them up as they go in. And you I know how you made... should be doing that, David. You should be doing it like that. <laughs> you can't milk time, which is actually my family. That's my family motto as well. Weirdly, that's exactly what we are doing with this podcast. <laughs> Um, so I, uh, this is a meal from three years ago where somehow the planets aligned and it was one of those iron cookware pots that I will not say the name of, but I bet Ed will. And then Le, Le Crusade, time, I'd love a free one. Le Crusade, yes, please. Sure on his Instagram of him like swimming full lengths in a 15 meter yes. Le Crusade. <laughs> Shout out to the companies that message me on Instagram uh, and I never mentioned James and then I just get the free stuff. Uh, more yeah. beer based in Bristol just sent me a lovely crate of uh, beer. Thank you very stop much. Stop this. I'm not being part of this. I am not being part of this. Um, <laughs> so, oh, Le Crusade, Le Crusade. Uh, I've so a many people sp- lately ask me if I've got chunky donkeys. So many people going, hey, James, I bet you're enjoying your pair of chunky donkeys you've got. I saw Ed's got some. I'm like, what the hell? I ain't got no chunky no. donkeys. They are sending you chunky donkeys. I don't want to ask what chunky donkeys are. So I'm just imagining you're talking about how, because you've been eating too much over lockdown, your buttocks are enormous. You've got two big old chunky donkeys that you sit on. (laughs) My pants have got a couple of big old chunky donkeys in (laughs) (laughs) it. Oh, that reminds me. If I, I would like to do an ad in this show now seeing as i am here and this will give you an idea of the i'm actually i mean we're this is what i'm talking about I, i'm a real have a go hero when it comes to cooking 
Uh, but my mother, because she is incredible and actually knows how much to put in things, uh, buys me the most offensively basic cookbooks still. And it all goes back to this one here, which she bought me when I moved into my first bed sit in 2003. And I think it's the saddest, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, so, so if anyone can't see it, it's a book called Microwave Recipes for One. But look at the picture. There's a dinner setting set up just in front of the microwave. <laughs> Imagine seeing your own reflection. In a, imagine watching the food rotate, watching the frankfurters just rotating. <laughs> Also, the really sad thing about that picture is that obviously, just it, what that doesn't work. If you, you set up, you take, you got the the meal in the microwave, and then you set all that up, and then you just the door cut, the door's just gonna come and smack it on. <laughs> the door opens, sweep, just gonna sweep off all the crockery. <laughs> Imagine you hear the ding and you say, dinner is served. And then you just open it and the, the fog comes out. <laughs> the genie, that's basically as close yeah. as you can get to a genie, is over microwaving a Jalfrezi uh, meal for one. Did you ever cook anything from that book? No, no, I don't think I did. I mean, ha let's see. I mean, the stuff is pretty salmon with cucumber sauce. Like, imagine... But how are you going to microwave salmon? That is absolutely oh, disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, I always think the saddest point in a divorce must be the first time you penetrate the seal <laughs> of a microwavable meal with a fork. You know, that really specific, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Noise, then. And that's, yeah, that's what this book Amazing. implies. <laughs> So what's your yeah? What's your main course? So it's a it's a it's a large ironware French influenced brightly coloured pot, yes, and uh, it <laughs> it's chicken and all the veg. It's that one, right? And it's you, you you throw it in the oven and you can leave it in for two hours. But you know what? Leave it in for four. It'll be even more falling off the bone. And this is the kind of I'm like. You know the way Messi, Lionel Messi in football, probably the coach doesn't tell him what to do. Just goes out, go out there and do your stuff. Like, you I'm talking, like you are using, You are wasting that on, on, on me and Ed. <laughs> you, know, you know Messi, guys? Uh, I, I thought yeah. you were referring to uh, Mr. Messi from the Mr. Men. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he is the so he's the most talented footballer in the there's this game called football uh how far back do you go the <laughs> um he he's an instinctual player and i am an instinctual chef but where he is very good i am very bad so i fire things in so uh we've got the lacrue ah we've got the uh ironware pot and we sear we do the searing where you put it on the hob with uh, oil in it and sear the chicken, like full chicken we're talking here. And then the problem is, I don't remember what I did. I don't remember the order. I remember I put ve various veggies in and potatoes and popped the lid on and, and put it in the oven for three hours. A bit of stock, some uh, red wine, uh, a, a selection, handfuls of various things from the herb garden but i don't remember what i did 
And I don't remember what I put up the chicken's asshole. I don't remember anything about it. And I've been chasing that dream for three years now, trying slight variations on it. And every single time it comes out like uh, like boiled, you know, like children in the Second World War who had to move out of London and live in the countryside. It's sort of like the food that they would eat. That's what it always turns out as, where the carrots are hard, even though they've cooked them for five hours. And the fucking chicken is just like, you know, someone has just put it in a tumble dryer and let it just fall around on itself for a week. <laughs> I love that your your approach to cooking, you're, you're from a jazz dynasty. You take a jazz approach to cooking as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I try to but I am uh, missing the key element of jazz, which is to be highly musical. Like, you know, you know the way they say about jazz, it's, it's the notes you don't play that are more important than the notes you play. Well, the ingredients you don't use and the ingredients you use, they're all bad from <laughs> but but i'll still keep going i'll still keep trying i'll try to chase that dream and that is what i would like the genie to 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 make for me does the dish have a name is it coco van it's, it must be coco van right yeah it's yeah but like what is coco van it's it, you you put stock you put red wine you can put white wine as well i've tried it with that maybe i put in white wine and what temperature do you do you put it in at 170 do you put it at 130 do you leave it in for 4 hours i don't know and uh i can, so it's coco david is what we'll call it right coco amazing david. absolutely amazing your name is david o doherty and you call it coco <laughs> david <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely incredible! <laughs> oh my goodness! It's it's early, it's early in the sky. Early <laughs> <laughs> <Ernie> pie. <laughs> oh, especially as you know that C- Coco David is the name of the farmer. Yeah, that's you know that's his name. Walking around, wily little Coco Dave. So what I'm going to try the next time is I'm going to pull out microwave meals for one, and I'm just going to microwave that chicken for six hours and see what happens. Yeah, okay. So we'll call it Cock O'Doherty, but then we'll put a question mark at the end of that because I don't know what the recipe. So it's and you have to say it. You know the way in um in a school oral exam when they made you read from the book. And you didn't know what the sentence meant, but you saw a question mark, so you just rose up to it. So that's the pronunciation. It's like cock o doherty, like that. <laughs> yeah. That's what the okay. dish is called. Your side dish, then, for this um, half memory of a dish that you once created, like like a like a meal <laughs> from the film Inception. Um, what uh, <laughs> what is the side dish going to be? I've thought a lot about this and the certain things that are delicious. I've no problem with eating things in the wrong order. I've no problem with having two starters uh, or a, uh, a main at a starter as a main, you know what I mean? Together. Uh, but with this, I'm going to, so rice paper rolls, I was thinking that because it might be nice to get prawns in, but then we've already had um, too much uh, carnage of the ocean from the starter so i'm going to 
I mean, this is quite sentimental for the for the off menu podcast, but I went away in the second week of March. Uh, there was the the bat disease uh, made itself known, and I was meant to be going to Australia. And oh, so all my gigs in the future were cancelled. I broke up with my girlfriend, and I moved to an island off the west coast with my eighty two year old parents. And so when we got there, we were in. I mean, I was in a slightly uh, disheveled, mentally disheveled state. Uh, but my father is a wonderful man, and he has a polytunnel down there. So he said, we don't know how, how long this is going to go on, but it'll be fun to watch things grow. So the first thing we did was bought a load of seeds, and uh, I went to the beach and got seaweed and uh, hosed it down for like two days to wash the sea salt off and then buried that under the ground in the polytunnel because of the great nutrients and then went to the person over there who's got chickens and got terrible chicken shit and put that in as well. And we planted these seeds. And in the end, uh, Irish lockdown one lasted from the uh, St. Patrick's Day until the 1st of July. So I was down there for that, whatever, four-month period, three-and-a-half-month period. And in that time, the seeds that we planted fully germinated and we uh, harvested them. And so by the end, we were eating some spectacularly weird vegetables because the (laughs) island is so harsh and we definitely got all the nutrients in the soil wrong. The things grew, but they all grew like horror halloween versions of themselves <laughs> so there's parsnips that look like witches noses there's uh carrots that looked like parsnips there were potatoes that looked like parsnips just this horrible sort of adam's family basket of vegetables but they all tasted incredible and there came from the earth this I don't know, a slightly, um, I mean, resurrective is too strong a word, but a, a continual sense of life and rebirth, even when that w- during the worst of the pandemic, you would go out and you would look at the, we grew sweet corn. and like, you can't grow sweet corn in Ireland, but the bush grew <laughs> up and these big dongs appeared on the end and they have the amazing silk over, you know, the actual, uh, I think it's called sweet corn silk, the leaves that grow around them. And so eventually we picked them and we're like, oh my goodness. And then pulled them off and they, they looked like Frankenstein's dick. They just looked absolutely, totally wrong on the inside. But we boiled them for ages and yeah. ate them and they were all absolutely brilliant. So for my side, I would like pandemic vegetables grown by me and my dad obviously when you said uh that the <laughs> that you you got the corn and you pulled the silk off and it looked like frankenstein's dick obviously the first thing i imagined is coco david sticking his head around the corner <laughs> and being like you're gonna eat that <laughs> you did his voice all wrong there james sorry <laughs> um yeah yeah i i would definitely at all of it and uh it was really great i grew when when i was i was an amazing entrepreneur when i was a kid and 
uh, everyone thought I was going to be jobs. I was going to be <laughs> that. So in terms of, I was always starting businesses like wash your car for two pounds kind of thing. And uh-huh. type typing up business cards and posting them into the, I, I, yeah, I'm sure I, yeah, I set up a detective agency uh, when I was about 10 and we would find your cat for money. Uh, even though we never got any cases. And uh, part of it was we would find um, waste ground and dig it and plant vegetables there. I would make my mother buy the seeds and then we would plant them and then go door to door trying to sell radishes uh, to people on the road. So they would be like, who's this incredible entrepreneur that uh, will one day change the world with one of his amazing business ideas. Isn't this the guy who asked if I wa- what if he wanted me to clean his car last week? And uh, so I got into the veggie game from that. It's by selling. I used to sell radishes for three p each. Wow. wow. So how are you how are you preparing these uh, these panny d veg these Corona veg? Uh, I'm popping them all in the unnamed. I think it's called a Dutch oven is the official name of one of those castware pots I know which is it is when, it is there's a double there's a double meaning for dutch oven yeah the which is very unfortunate i see why le Creuset don't call it that then do you want a yeah. du, do you want a dutch oven <laughs> that's then they fart under a duvet and pull it yeah. over your head weirdly they both they both smell like boiling veg <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm going to bung them in the pot and the genie is going to tell me exactly how much stock and uh, salt and uh, wine to put in with it at uh, the exact right amount of time. And those veggies and, ooh, Nelly, that is going to be a hearty, a hearty and delicious meal as well. Um, it, sorry, just I should say it's not tough, though. Like, we weren't the tough kids of my area. As in the tough kids were no way they were breaking into your garden. And then like, what have they done? Have they stolen something from the shed? No, they seem to have just planted a load of vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these absolute nerds? Is your drink homemade also? Have you and your father been uh, doing a bit of a home brewing? I, at this point, would be tempted to say a pint of Guinness, but I actually don't think physically I could handle it at this point in the meal. You know, what is basically chow- the chowder of the beer world is going to meet the, the chowder of the ocean down there. This is, a very, is- this is a very delicious but very heavy menu so far. You've, got, you've essentially got bread that you've described as dark matter, You've got a creamy chowder. You've got a massive stew, basically, for main course. If you pour a pint of Guinness on this, mate, you're going through the floor. It's <laughs> a Roald uh, Dahl character, just like dropping food. Um, no, I'm going to just something light to refresh the palate. I'll go with a white Russian, then, because... Uh, <laughs> full cream <laughs> yeah i mean come on who cares though i was trying to think of a cocktail that actually means something to me and uh-huh. the only one would be i've been out a few times with uh, max from the comedy duo max in a van yes. and he 
is the cocktail correspondent for like one of the glossy magazines and he yes. knows them all and he's really good at when you go to a cocktail bar he and a, a cocktail is like 1150 or something he'll be like oh then just give me um so he got me into uh, you know Bundaberg ginger beer so not ginger ale but the ginger beer the one with the cool lid that's like yeah. a can uh, that with gin in it and he so it's a sort of a cheap ass Singapore sling basically and then nice. you steal lime off the bar and you put that in and you know if you can steal an olive then say if one person gets what I'm talking about is cocktails on a budget here <laughs> <laughs> and there's a way uh, you can have a whole lot of fun for half the price of a named cocktail then. So I, sorry, I was thinking of doing that, but of much more significance to me in my, uh, with my friends is the uh, white Russian, just because it's synonymous with me, uh, with um, Nish Kumar's birthday is during the Edinburgh Fringe every year. And I don't know how the tradition started. He possibly talked about it on this uh, podcast. We do. We've definitely. I think we have mentioned. We've mentioned it on this podcast before. That the tradition yeah. is on Nish's birthday, everyone drinks white Russians to the extent that the bar we go to in Edinburgh always runs out of milk. Uh, and I believe you've done this before, David. You've had to go to the supermarket and buy them more milk. Ran yes. to Tesco uh, Express and come back with four liters. Of, like, how much milk does a does a bar have? Particularly after the coffee ends at yeah. six yeah. o'clock. Like, they've probably got half a pint just to keep it going for staff having cups of tea or whatever. And we are through that uh, after about fifteen minutes. Then, and uh, yeah, some severe queasiness that results from that uh that's definitely the case but i do yeah I, I i enjoy a white russian from that point of view and then i remember once i'd just done a gig in sydney at the enmore theater and it was the last gig of an australian tour and which is a silly thing to do i told the audience we'd all go to a pub up the road and because that's 1800 people or something uh 300 of them went <laughs> <laughs> it was on like a Tuesday night. So uh, we all descended on this empty pub and everyone was buying me pints and uh, it was very nice. And then a man came up to me and handed me like, what the hell is this? It looked like a quadruple Bailey's or something. Mm -hmm. And he went, uh, it's a white Russian. I'm Nish's uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought Nish's uncle was going to pop up at the end of this anecdote. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think, I'm not even sure if white Russians are a thing, in, particularly in <laughs> Sydney at the end of the summer. So it's possible he'd had to run out to the nearest Tesco Express <laughs> yes. to buy them a half a pint of milk to make it. But um, yeah, what I'm saying and is. And the, near, the nearest Tesco Express in Sydney is miles away, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, they had to really go a long way to get the right kind of milk for the white man. So, so for, your, for your drink, let's not beat around the bush. You've essentially picked a dessert chowder. Yeah. <laughs> a sweet alcoholic chowder. <laughs> yes, I have. This meal is going to be. And Adidas, uh, if you remember the, the what Adidas stands for, 
That's what's going to happen. Um, all, all day, day I, I dream, dream about, about sex. sex. No, after dinner I do a shit. <laughs> oh, oh, right. So, uh, yeah. so me and James immediately just go for the uh, the new metal corn yeah. version of Adidas, yeah. which is All Day I Dream About Sex. Yeah, we instantly <laughs> thought of the song by the new metal band Corn, and we went, what, what did Corn sing about? It'll be that. Why on earth, Ed, would, uh, I mean, why on earth, David O'Doherty, the only corn he likes is in his chowder or wants to look like Frankenstein's dick. <laughs> I don't know. I, Corn definitely went with All Day I Dream About Sex. I don't remember the bit in the song where they go, after dinner I did a uh, shit. <laughs> when I was about 10 years old, the first ever cool shoes I got where I requested them from my mother were um, Adidas boot runners, like basketball boots and torsion they were the torsion bar ones and i brought them uh went out to the park in them like you know you're so proud of the new runners you don't even walk on grass you're making sure just to stay on cement and uh it's they're they're attracting a lot of compliments and then uh, brian mcdonald who was slightly older than us said you know what adidas is short for and this was the first time I'd heard it. He said, after dinner, I do a shit. But he went a step further than that. He said, they're, they're, they're shitting boots. And it's because when you're sitting down, it can put a lot of stress on your ankles. So that's why you should wear boot runners while you're, while you're wearing them. And he literally ruined those shoes. I went home and I was like, Mom, I can't believe you bought me shitting boots. <laughs> <laughs> well we arrive at your dessert now david very exciting uh my favorite course and i can yeah. only assume you're gonna choose a big vat of double fat cream <laughs> uh, funny influence of this podcast is since listening to the ivo graham episode i've got really into Banana in strawberry oh. yogurt. Oh, just okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's not bad at all. Um, something that people need to know about David O'Doherty. David O'Doherty loves a store-bought dessert, and uh, there are two classics in available in Ireland. One of them is available over there. Uh, one of them is not. Okay, I'll, I'll talk about the one that's not first, which. Um, so in our, you know, the way Walls, the brand, is called different things. It's a franchise mm -hmm. you sell to different countries. So it's called like Ola in Portugal or whatever. And what's it called in in Australia? It's got a like anyway. Yeah, yeah. The the in Ireland it's called HB, and one of their biggest sellers was discontinued in the United Kingdom in two thousand and three, and that is one you may remember called the Romantica, which is a cake. It's a store-bought cake that has different layers in it. It's a sort of a caramel. It's got a biscuity element to it. It says on the front, serves nine or something, but you would have half of it yourself. No bother. Um, that's a great one. Uh, so I want a sliver of Romantica, and then I just want a vanilla uh, Viennetta. It's like, it's easy to turn your nose up out of Vianetta because they're ubiquitous, but just everything about it is a miracle. It is uh, co-invented by an Irish man 
called David Houlihan, who also invented the Calippo. He invented the uh, freaky the freaky foot. <laughs> no, he um, <laughs> the wibbly wobbly wonder. It, he invented a sort of ice cream of sort of um, gelatinous ice cream that retains shape when it ah. melts a bit. You know what I mean? I think that is that was the big breakthrough of probably that era in the eighties when all those ice creams came out. And what's wibbly wibbly wobbly wonder? <laughs> do you not have a wibbly wobbly wonder? I do, but it's for private times. <laughs> do you put a rubber jetty on it sometimes? <laughs> the... Please, David, a sheath. <laughs> a wibbly wobbly wonder is another classic newsagent ice pop that is um, half a kind of a. It's a bit like a loop the loop. Do you have a? Do you know a loop the loop? No. This is really you interesting. You could just be making all these up. Yeah. yeah. This is like when Adam and Joe have a sketch where they make up band names. <laughs> it feels like that. It feels like you making up ice creams. A wibbly wobbly wonder is a um, sort of iced ice cream halfway up, then jelly at the top that is covered in chocolate. So it somehow maintains a, a slightly wobbly texture even straight from the cold cabinet. That sounds great. However, the Viennetta, uh, I need to make it clear, we need to chambre the Viennetta. Because the problem, I think, we're, we're all busy people. Most of your listeners are very, very busy people. And they don't have time to let the Viennetta chambre for the recommended 15 minutes or 20 mm-hmm. minutes, maybe even half an hour. Because what you So you end up eating it just like a lot of prehistoric strata, whereas what you want to do, you know, where you just eat the ice creamy bit, now a chocolatey bit, now an ice creamy bit, what you actually want is to get it to that point of meltiness where a sharp cake knife will, you know that sinewy sound it makes? Yeah, but loads of cracks. Loads of them. Loads of cracks. And how do they get that chocolate so thin? Yeah. Yeah. It's a marvel. It's really it, good. It's, when you said a uh, freaky foot and wibbly wobbly wonder, I was imagining that's what you and your dad named all the vegetables. <laughs> that's what you called yourselves when you were growing the when you were doing the gardening. My name's Freaky Foot, and this is my son, the wibbly wobbly wonder. <laughs> uh, yeah, just I'm I'm happy with that. You know, we could definitely have a panna cotta, or we could have something. Uh, the spoon did a panna cotta. Uh, rest in peace yeah. spoon that was in a just a glass with scottish shortbread that was uh, amazing like you would have eaten six of them if they were there but yeah. now i'm just going to go with the i mean maybe this has gone a bit locked down now but the the viennetta is still available viennetta and, and a slice yeah. of romantica yeah with it as well to which, given, cakes. I mean, I never thought I'd say this about uh, Viennetta, but uh, in the context of your menu, it is a sort of light palate cleanser finish. <laughs> Somehow, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's no surprise that your menu has ended with two desserts as well. Just like, also, I'd like two ice cream desserts at the end, please. Thank you very much. I mean, does a dessert exist, though, that's like a light, I guess something like a mousse like that to send you off into the night? But, uh, Something citrusy to lift the taste buds, but you've gone with Viennetta, um, <laughs> yeah, which no. I think you should be happy with. Your honestly, I think James mentioned it earlier, but your menu is like something the twits would eat. <laughs> <laughs> 
want to read your menu back to you, David. David, Very and see happy. how you feel. Okay, for your water co- course, you chose some condensed milk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> water course tap tap water still water. Poppadoms or bread? You said Guinness treacle soda bread with dairy gold butter. Starter, absolute carnage. Canal dredged dairy chowder. Uh, main course, Coco Doherty. Chicken and all the veg in a French and no, the quest, You forgot the question mark there. Coco Doherty? Coco Doherty? Side yeah. dish, pandemic vegetables grown by Freaky Fruit and the Wibbly Wobbly Wonder. Um, <laughs> drink, a white Russian. Happy birthday, Nish Kumar. And dessert, a sliver of HB Romantica cake with some vanilla Vianetta that has been left to Chambre for 15 minutes. Perfect. I mean, I, I reckon I could manage that menu, but it would be, I'd be very full. I can just imagine David just like sinking into the ground like it's made of quicksand after the meal, no matter what. And just, just sinking down and then actually just coming out the other end of the, in Australia, the other end of the earth. <laughs> All the way and through. And Nish's uncle's there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> White Russian for him. I'm Nish's uncle. I can't manage it now, Nish's uncle. I've yeah, just sunk through it. from Ireland. It's not a meal for a date, a hot date. You know what I mean? Where afterwards, you do you want to go dancing? And then you just both fall asleep just in the taxi. Then innocently glide up as your body struggles to process all of this saturated fat. You're not going to bed with anyone after that because you'll be creating a real Le Creuset. Yeah, you'll be be tying up your Adidas (laughs) trainers and then walking to the toilet. David, thank you so much uh, for coming to the Dream Restaurant. You have been an excellent guest. Uh, we'll have to get you a cab, of course, and we're going to have to roll you out of the building uh, because <laughs> you are full, baby. Uh, thank you so much for coming, David. Say thank, thank you, you to David O'Docty, everyone, thank in your you own David. homes. Thank you, David. Thanks, you guys. There we have it. What a fun evening that was. We spent with David O'Doherty live on the internet with people watching us, James. Loved it. I absolutely loved it. Great company. So many revelations. And he didn't choose the secret ingredient. Which was ghost pepper. We're very happy he didn't pick ghost pepper. It would not have gone with his menu because it doesn't go with any menus. Uh, (laughs) Can I just say as well, uh, during that recording, no context off menu. They did an absolutely amazing job. They were live memeing the whole thing, which it would take me... Hours to years to make a meme, yet there was no context off menu, live memeing the whole event. I don't know how they even do it. I mean, honestly, they were definitely working harder than we were. Oh, yeah. We were just messing around talking to David O'Doherty. They were actually doing work. But to be fair, that's consistent across all of the uh, off-menu stuff, really. Yes. We, We do the bit you hear. Yeah, uh, and then uh, Benita has to edit it. And no context off menu does loads of social media. Benita mm-hmm. does loads of social media. We just show up and get sent free food, baby. Yeah, that is true. We get sent a lot of. Well, I don't get sent as much now because I'm not on social media. I really nah. missed a trick there. I didn't think it through. Nope. Didn't think absolute it idiot. Yeah, absolute idiot. You should have kept yeah. kept your Twitter, got an Instagram, muted everyone, and just kept the inbox open. Yeah. <laughs> In your face. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Thanks to uh, the Unmute Podcast Festival, uh, yep. a.k.a. the Great Benito. 
hopefully there'll be another one of those soon uh although he sort of just looks quite stressed about the whole thing so don't hold your breath yeah uh, his whole life's will... stressful though yeah it's true david ozokati wonderful comedian of course uh he's he's just recorded an album james as comedy special that he recorded in his car on Ackle Island, which we talked about in the episode just now. And it's called Live in His Car During a Pandemic. You can get it on Bandcamp and probably other platforms as well. Check that out. But for now, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you again sometime soon. Goodbye. Farewell. Ciao. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hello, it's Rob Orton here. Now, I've got a podcast called the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. It's a short poem or story or a musing on a particular subject every single day. What if you commissioned Picasso to paint your house and he just painted it white? Would you be annoyed? Wouldn't it be good if you could pour Miracle Grow onto other things, such as pizzas? Have you ever thought about what a beach might be like if it was made from digestive biscuits? Have you ever tried to cry about something you're not thinking about? If you would like to listen to a daily podcast that includes subjects I've mentioned there, then please listen to the Rob Orton Daily Podcast.